Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rap Pat, where you at? What's going on? It's the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Wednesday, November 22nd, Thanksgiving Eve. Got three games coming at us tomorrow. Of course, a Friday contest as well. Uh, set a little reminder. Uh, Thanksgiving especially, that day sometimes gets away from us. You know, maybe a few too many uh, adult beverages or just enjoying time with family. But you don't want to miss out on a possible surprise inactive, so set yourself some reminders before the three games tomorrow. And of course, 3 o'clock Eastern on Friday is the Black Friday contest between the Miami Dolphins and Jets, J-E-T-S. Tim Boyle led Jets. Of course, today on the podcast, we are going to break down the initial set of rankings for Week 12 Fantasy Football. These rankings do evolve over the course of the week, though, so you can get the most updated rankings over at ftnfantasy.com. Make sure you go check that out. Also, before I dive in, just a friendly reminder, no podcast tomorrow. I am doing radio. If you happen to listen to the Jeff Ratcliffe Show, I will be on tomorrow morning. Uh, But no podcast. We'll be back on Friday with our regular flagship podcast. All right, a quarterback. I'm not going to overthink the top. Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes. Even, you know, Mahomes, it it isn't always perfect. It isn't always great, but he is facing the Raiders. So, again, not overthinking this one. However, at number three, it isn't Josh Allen. He's at four. It's it's not a bad matchup for Allen at all. But Lamar Jackson slides in at three for me right now because he does have a fantastic matchup against the Chargers. Dak Prescott coming in at number five. He's been phenomenal over the last month. That surging Dallas passing offense. Uh, has been very productive for fantasy purposes, and I'm not too worried about Washington on the other side. Justin Fields got back on the field last week. He comes in at six this week. 100-plus rushing yards. We know he's electric on the ground. Also showed some upside as a passer, obviously, there uh, with DJ Moore. Finally, DJ Moore back on track. That one isn't the worst matchup through the air on Monday night against Minnesota. C.J. Stroud at 7, one of the biggest fantasy surprises of the year. Great surprise and a big divisional game there for Stroud. I think they keep rolling through the air. Kyler Murray at 8. Hasn't done a ton with his arm in the two games since returning, but has been very impressive with his legs. 
And honestly, over the course of his career, that's where a bulk of his fantasy value has come from, certainly his fantasy floor. Uh, At nine, Trevor Lawrence got back in our fantasy good graces last week. Of course, you have to be aware, anytime you're using Lawrence, I mean, Travis Etienne could go off anytime. And, uh, you know, but I do like this matchup against Houston. They are vulnerable in the secondary. Uh, Moving on to number 10 for now, Josh Dobbs. Of course, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Often those guys move around during the course of the week. So any of these guys that we would call back end quarterback ones or fringe quarterback ones can move around. Dobbs doesn't seem likely to have Justin Jefferson back. I think ultimately we'll see Jefferson back in week 14, which I know it sucks, kind of is what it is. However, Dobbs does give us that upside as a runner. He's scored as a runner in five straight games. Justin Herbert at 11. It is a tougher matchup, but he can still put points on the board against Baltimore there. And then Brock Purdy rounds out the top 12. He's 11th on the season. You know, he typically comes in right around this range. Maybe not the highest ceiling, but a very decent floor there with Purdy right on the edge. Tua Tungavailoa has a tough matchup against the Jets, but he's right there. Jared Goff at 14, uh, also relatively tough matchup against Green Bay. You run against Green Bay, you don't throw against them. Sam Howell at 15 against Dallas, right? Uh, so it, it, it's they're on the outside looking in this week. Moving over to running back, Christian McCaffrey has been fantastic. <laughs> I mean, in a word, you know that. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch on Thanksgiving evening. And number two, I have Jonathan Taylor this week. Uh, he is, yeah, I know this is a little aggressive, but he's coming off a 24-touch game before the bye. Tampa defends the run well, but I expect a healthy dose of Taylor in this one, and uh, he's automatically a top-five play for me this week. Travis Etienne at three. The touch volume has been quite impressive so far this season, and we do know the last time he faced Houston was back in week three. He put up 138 scrimmage yards on 23 touches in that game. Austin Eckler at four. It hasn't been great on the ground, but last week was his first game over four yards per carry since that week one contest he got hurt, and he averaged 6.4 yards per carry last week. The volume is there. The touchdown productivity is there. And even if it's a bad game script, he can contribute as a pass catcher. And number five, DeAndre Swift. He looked really good on Monday night, scoring the rushing touchdown, making plays, showing burst. He can catch the ball to the backfield, too. He can do essentially anything the Eagles want him to do. And most importantly, he was clearly the lead back for Philly. Uh, facing off against Buffalo this week. Alvin Kamara at six. He's got 50 receptions on the season. He leads all running backs. He was suspended for three games. So that's pretty incredible production in the passing game there for Kamara. Saquon Barkley at seven, coming off of his best performance of the season, the best performance we've seen out of him in a while. It was a thing of beauty last week. Very, very encouraging there, but perhaps even more encouraging the fact that Tommy DeVito could actually move the offense. Josh Jacobs at eight. He moves down a little bit this week, but the volume is still there for Josh Jacobs, and volume is king in fantasy football. Jameer Gibbs at nine. He's on a streak in terms of scoring rushing touchdowns. And and to be clear, so I have him as a, a top 10 option. I have David Montgomery at 15. This offense can sustain both of these guys as top 15 options, especially when they're facing a relatively weak Green Bay run defense. Tony Pollard at 10. All right, well, we we aren't done with Tony Pollard after last week. That's encouraging. This week, Washington, 
okay, they just gave up a huge day to Saquon Barkley and Rico Dowdle. Looking very iffy for this one, so Tony Pollard set up for a big one. Brees Hall at 11. I mean, honestly, I, I don't have much confidence in Tim Boyle here, but Brees Hall has scored four times in the last six games, and I don't think Tim Boyle's really that much of a downgrade on Zach Wilson. So in this game that, you know, Miami's going to likely get out to a big lead, I would think, if it goes to script. They should be playing from behind, a lot of dink and dunk to Brees Hall. He's always one play away from breaking a big one. Uh, Derrick Henry at 12. This is a great matchup, so he slides back into RB1 territory against Carolina. Bijan Robinson at 13. Did Arthur Smith finally come to his senses? Are we actually going to see a he healthy workload for Bijan Robinson going forward? I sure as hell hope so, but Bijan at 13. Rashad White at 14. I mean, we're just always going to have him in this range because – Regardless of they're winning, they're losing. I mean, he's going to contribute in the passing game. He's actually scoring some rushing touchdowns now. So Rashad White, a front-end RB2 play. I mentioned Montgomery at 15. Zach Charbonnet at 16. Kenneth Walker almost certainly going to miss this game. Looks like he could miss a few games. It's not a good schedule for Zach Charbonnet. But matchup isn't the only factor for fantasy purposes. Especially at running back, we really need to consider volume. He's set up for a big workload against San Francisco, so that puts him up into RB2 territory. Isaiah Pacheco at 17. Man, this dude ran so hard against the Eagles. It's unfortunate it didn't translate to a big fantasy line, but it was a very good football performance. He's going to continue to be a mid-range RB2. Joe Mixon falling down into this territory at 18 with Jake Browning under center. Javante Williams falling down to 19 this week. He's got a brutal matchup on tap against the Cleveland Browns, unfortunately. Kyron Williams at 20. He was designated to return today. He is expected to be activated, and I almost certainly think this is going to happen because the team did move on from Daryl Henderson. So I would expect Kyron to be back out there. I'm going to keep him in this range. He's unlikely to move up into RB1 territory. But you can expect to use him as an RB2 option. James Conner at 21. Honestly, he's been good for football in the two games since returning. I've been very encouraged by what I've seen on the field. It just hasn't translated to fantasy value, but I'm not going to let that dissuade me from using him as an RB2. Ramondre Stevenson at 22. Actually, has been good in their last two games. It's not a terrible matchup as well against the Giants. It's just it's tough to see this team moving the football much. But by the same token... He's had his two best fantasy performances in his last two games before their bye. So uh, he's still an RB2. All right, so Raheem Mostert tentatively at 23, Devon A. Chan tentatively at 28. The team puts Savon Ahmed on IR. To me, that gives a little bit of an indication we may have to see A. Chan this week, although there are reports that suggest it would be a bit of a surprise if he plays. I'm going to keep it here for right now. I will be updating uh, rankings over at ftnfantasy.com all day tomorrow. I'll, I'll have, uh, I think I'm going to have four updates because I'll do a morning update. I will do a late morning update. So I'll do like first thing in the morning. I'll do a late morning update with the inactives, uh, essentially right after I get off the air uh, with the inactives for the 1230 game. Then another one before the 4.30 game and another one before the night game. And then on Friday as well, I'll give you an update about you know an hour out from the Friday, so around 2 o'clock Eastern. So we should have a better sense there you know, tomorrow and then obviously Friday we'll know 
uh, if A-chan is going to play. So these rankings are very much subject to change. No A-chan, Moster's going to move way up. It, it's I, I'd rather run against the Jets than throw against the Jets, so it's not a bad matchup. Brian Robinson at 24, he's surging, but this is a tough matchup against Dallas. Uh, it does look like there's a chance Antonio Gibson can play. Flexworthy, folks. Jerome Ford coming back to the pack a little bit. It's more of a back-to-timeshare territory with Kareem Hunt. Uh, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris down in this range. I'd prefer Warren. I have him at 26. I have Harris at 33. But why am I not higher on Warren? Because Harris is still playing more snaps. So as of now, we can view Warren as an, a very high-ceiling flex option. Also, I don't want to bank on big plays. Devin Singletary, 27. Uh, we very likely could see Damian Pierce back this week. Gus Edwards down here. I still prefer him over Keaton Mitchell. He's scoring a lot of touchdowns too. Alexander Madison down here. I would flex him out, but I would not flex out Ty Chandler. I just, the 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 snap distribution was way in Madison's favor. 64% to 30% over Chandler last week. James Cook down here. Tough matchup for him this week against that Philly defense. A.J. Dillon down here, he is expected to be the lead back with no Aaron Jones. However, facing a Detroit defense who has defended the run very, very well this season. Moving over to wide receiver, Tyree Kills at one. You don't need a reason why. C.D. Lamb is at two. Of course, that passing game has been surging. Amon Ra at three. Now, it is tougher to throw against Green Bay than it is to run against them, but if I'm going to throw against them, I want to throw in the slot, and that's exactly where Amon Ross spends most of his time. A.J. Brown at four. I expect a bounce-back performance for him. Keenan Allen at five. This dude is on such a an incredible pace this season. We can see 140-plus receptions. I don't think he'll – I don't think 150 is in play because 150 would be the single-season record. It's currently 149 from Michael Thomas. But 140 is very much in play for Keenan Allen. Stephon Diggs at six. He has – come back to earth over the last two weeks but that Philly defense such a good matchup for Diggs uh this week Mike Evans at seven man this dude's rolling he's having a little bit of a renaissance here this is his 10th year in the league too Puka Nakua at eight tentatively if we get an indication that Cooper Cup is going to play then Nakua will come down uh in rankings but this is sort of ranked it's a little bit of a hedge rank on Cooper Cup. I do have him in rankings, but I do think that he'll be ahead of Pukunakua if he is good to go. Uh, I have Cup tentatively at 14, so they'll likely flip-flop if Cup is good to go. Brandon Ayuk at 9. He has been phenomenal this season. Tank Dells. Oh, my God. Speaking of phenomenal, Tank Dell has been amazing over his last three in particular. He has caught fire at 10. Michael Pittman back at 11, back from bye. Should we ink him in for eight-plus catches? I mean, that seems to be the the way things are going for him this season. So productive there for the Colts. DJ Moore at 12. The ceiling is back with Justin Fields under center. DJ Moore has – he's got an enormous weekly ceiling. I mean, we saw it on you know, full display back in week five against Washington. Uh, Devontae Adams at 13. Scored a touchdown, had 13 targets last week. So, you know, moving up to fringe wide receiver one territory. I mentioned Cups. So, Jamar Chase at 15, he moves down with Jake Browning under center. Chris Alave at 16. We don't know if Derek Carr is going to be under center or not, but it really doesn't impact things much for Chris Alave. He's going to be in this sort of front end wide receiver two territory. Devontae Smith coming off of a solid outing on Monday night at 17. Adam Thielen bouncing back last week at 18. 
Double-digit targets are almost automatic for him this season, and I don't think it was a coincidence he bounced back in the week that Frank Reich took back over play-calling duties. Jalen Waddle at 19. I know it's it's not it hasn't been the greatest season for Waddle, but in that offense with the volume he's seeing, he's still a wide receiver to play. Nico Collins at 20. We don't have word yet on Noah Brown, so keep an eye on the Wednesday practice report. I don't have one yet for Houston. If you see limited, then Brown will be trending towards getting back on the field. If not, then you know, definitely giddy up Nico Collins. I'm not moving Tank Dell regardless of Brown's status, but with Brown out, that would be very good for Nico Collins. Christian Kirk at 21. Now, I have Calvin Ridley at 23. We know Calvin Ridley is very boom or bust, but I think you know this game has a little... I mean, this is going to be a really fun game. Very interesting litmus test game there that Houston-Jacksonville... Like, if Houston can win that game, wow. But I expect some fireworks in that game. But live by the Ridley, die by the Ridley. We know he is boom or bust, so make sure you have that in your head if you plan on starting him. Debo Samuel in between those two at 22. Zay Flowers at 24. I mentioned that great matchup there for the Baltimore passing game, and he is the top target in that offense now that Mark Andrews is sidelined. Uh, DK Metcalf at 25, though he popped up on the injury report with a toe issue yesterday. Be careful with him. Of course, we'll adjust ranks accordingly if Metcalf can't go. Tyler Lockett, who is at 28, will move way up into the top 20, maybe it's a tough matchup, but maybe top 15. And then, of course, Jackson Smith and Jigba would slide into wide receiver three territory. Garrett Wilson is at 26. Tim Boyle. And honestly, not the best matchup because you're going to have uh, Jalen Ramsey on the other side. It's a tough one here for Garrett Wilson. DeAndre Hopkins at 27. I don't hate the matchup. I don't know if the game script's going to really help him, although maybe Carolina can stay in this one. It's not like it's a massive spread in that game. Uh, I mentioned Lockett at 28. Tara McLaurin at 29. Not a good matchup for him against uh, the Dallas defense. Cortland Sutton at 30. Also not a good matchup against the, the Cleveland Browns. Marquise Brown at 31. He's come back to the pack even more so this week. I'd love to believe that, you know, all of a sudden, Kyler Murray is going to start peppering him with targets, but he hasn't in his first two games uh, since returning from injury. Chris Godwin at 32. You got a high, relatively high floor, but a very low ceiling so far this season with Chris Godwin. Deontay Johnson at 33. Will firing Matt Canada change the outlook for Johnson? I I don't know. I I hope, but I don't know. I'm not willing to use him any higher than this. Jordan Addison at 34, and yes, this is without Justin Jefferson in rankings. I'm not overly bullish on the passing game here uh, against the Chicago Bears, but he's still a wide receiver three play. Uh, Drake London at 35 coming back from by. Josh Downs tentatively at 36 playing through a knee issue. Guys right on the outside looking in, Demario Douglas, Rashi Rice, Rashid Shaheed, Amari Cooper falling all the way down here with the quarterback situation and a relatively tough matchup. George Pickens, boomer bust, all three Packers receivers. I wish I could be higher on them, but anytime you start them, you're 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 essentially starting an extension of Jordan Love, and we know how that can go. Jerry Judy is down here. Tutu Atwell is down here. Gabe Davis is down here. Brandon Cooks is down here as well, and T Higgins. But I'm not very high on T Higgins without Joe Burrow out there. 
All right, let's move over to tight end. If I have one of the top nine this week, I feel pretty good about my fantasy outlook. So here they are in order. Travis Kelsey, duh. TJ Hawkinson, who I feel pretty good about there. Uh, George Kittle. Remember last year? I won a fantasy championship thanks in large part to George Kittle's surge down the stretch, and he's been surging over the last two. Trey McBride, I have it four. Last, if last week's is floor, I'll take it. Dalton Kincaid at five, we know what he can do, and that has shootout potential for sure with the Eagles and Bills facing each other. Sam Laporta at six. I I think that the rookie bounces back here. Dalton Schultz, who's been on fire here at seven. Evan Ingram, even though he hasn't caught a touchdown on the season, the volume is good enough to keep him in this uh, mid-range tight end one territory. And then Jake Ferguson as well. Those nine, I feel okay about. If I don't have those nine, I'm going to stream down to tight end 21. Keep in mind, Luke Musgrave does not look like he's going to play this week. We'll see some Tucker Craft, but not enough to make him streamer worthy. He's the other rookie that they drafted this year. So uh, just keep that in mind if you were looking to use Luke Musgrave. Doesn't look very good. So here are the streamers that I have in order of preference. Cole Komet, Taysom Hill, David Njoku, who saw heavy volume last week. Logan Thomas, Isaiah Likely. That's right, I have Isaiah Likely at 14. I made it clear yesterday I'm not viewing him as anything more than a streamer option. He's not a set and forget. Now, he may be in a couple weeks if he proves me wrong, but for right now, tempering expectations there. After likely, Kyle Pitts, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Then Cade Otten and Kyle Pitts' teammate, Jonu Smith, Hunter Henry, Tyler Conklin, and I don't feel great about Tyler Conklin, Pat Fryermuth, and Michael Mayer. Obviously, we're hoping for a touchdown out of these guys. Three catches, 30-ish yards, and a touchdown will make them good streamer plays. Otherwise, it'll be frustrating. But the moral of the story, if you have Mark Andrews, you're likely in streamer territory. I would not run out and try and trade for a tight end because typically you're using depth to do so, and that will make you worse. All right, that's going to do it for today. Happy Thanksgiving to you out there. I'm going to be back on Friday with a full edition of the podcast. In the meantime, FTNFantasy.com. At Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter and at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. All right, I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Radcliffe and I'm out.